it wasn't the reception. It was my phone. It got oh. overheated because of a case. So uh, Neil DeCrice Tyson was right about cases. I'm throwing this shit away. Nah, just don't put it on when you're doing like stuff like this. Any other time, just leave it off. Neil deGrasse Tyson got enough money where if he break his phone, he can get another phone. So Neil deGrasse Tyson talking from a place of privilege. Well, that and I'm sworn in to like, I sold my soul to Apple so I can basically get another phone to upgrade for a couple more dollars, a couple more shekels. Because if the, if the US dollar crashes, then we're going back to shekels or gold or silver or we trade it. Dope. <laughs> hey man, this might be the tinfoil hat episode, but I'm not gonna be OD with it. You know, we just gotta get it off, like, because possibly how much can we talk about with wrestling at this point right now? Like, and most of the stuff I'm probably gonna keep anyway, just because it's fun. And it's just like, dude, like, Reigns, I'm surprised it took him this long to be like, uh, you know what, this shit is real. I'm decided I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, yeah. So for those who don't know, if you haven't found out by now, Roman Reigns pulled out of WrestleMania due to the compromised immune system because he had leukemia twice. Yep. And I mean, those who don't know how cancer works, it could still be dormant within him. So we're just, uh, it was a smart move. It was the right move. It was absolutely right. Well, that's a dude who's going to be champion when everything returns to normal. They're going to put the belt on him. Yeah, it's not imperative that he has it now just because there's really no audience, even though that's not stopping anybody. So, Well, the thing is, it's, it's, not, not, it's not necessarily that he has it or Goldberg or anybody who's going to be working that day has it. It's just more of the mind that the chances of him getting it are much higher than anyone else possibly. Right. So a lot of people are not thinking about that. It's like, it's a lot of people out here with, you know, way worse things than the the COVID-19 disease. And it's like, even if I know somebody with type two diabetes, let's say if they get sick, boy, oh boy, it's going to get bad very fast. So, yeah. But, with somebody um, with leukemia, you, you don't want to take a chance just because I know they allow, what, 20 people at one time, 30 people max at the performer center. Yeah. So are they, did they say anything about, are they keeping like trailers in the back or how are they handling that? Like you just come out to your trailer from your trailer just straight into the performance center? Uh, I think that might be it. Um thing that's going to be interesting is I know they're shooting it. They finished by today. It's Thursday. I mean, it's Friday the 27th of March. Um, so we should we, they should have finished by today. I know there's a few extra things they're doing that are going to be a little more stylized and produced. And that's a good move. Because, I mean, why not have some fun with this? Yeah, they basically. So we're seeing, in my opinion, uh, a revenue. Let me get my words right. 
we're seeing Vince McMahon once again revolutionize sports entertainment. Because with this, they're basically, from what I'm getting and what I've been hearing, they basically making it like a movie. From the Bray White match that they that he's having with John Cena yeah. to every match. And then you see how they experimented on Raw with the camera angles, even though we've seen Lucha Underground do that before. And yeah, I feel like AEW has done it to that extent. They don't have... They might have some type of camera equipment like this, but you ain't gonna have they don't have a man camera equipment. They don't have a budget. Yeah, so him probably shooting on like what 4K cameras or whatever, he probably going all out with the money because right now he's just like every other company, those major five hundred companies hey. losing more money than anything. And yeah. we know Vince is a gambler. So he probably like, Hey, yeah. I'm already losing money. Fuck Vince is smart. He'll shoot if he shoots this like a movie, throw it on Netflix, bro. That might be the end game. You know they're featured on ESPN. I mean, obviously there's nothing else to really talk about, but yeah. they were featured on ESPN the other day. So, yeah, but like, because I know they tried to get this on ESPN Plus. I know they tried to get it on ESPN Plus, but I didn't read the details. But I know it broke down for whatever reason. Um, one of the things split. also. Oh, okay, one of the things. Also like been, one of the things I've also been hearing is. Um, a lot of wrestlers have been like Triple H is a little more in control, so a lot of wrestlers have been able to go off script and say things they want to, and like do like, they're much more open to suggestion in this because this is even for Vince, this is uncharted territory, and uh, so he has to be a lot more collaborative than he might necessarily want to. Because I was listening, I didn't listen to all of it, but I listened to segments of Matt Hardy with uh, Jericho. Yeah. And from the segments I listened to, it was a really good podcast. Um, but Matt Hardy and Jericho were basically saying the thing of like, look, WWE runs through Vince's vision. If you do not fit into Vince's vision, it it doesn't happen. Whatever you pitch to Vince and this and that, it doesn't happen. That's usually through the traditional way of Vince liking to do things. This is not the traditional sense. So Vince, I think, has to be more open to suggestion. And we already know Triple H is always open to suggestion. Because that's a guy who probably didn't get to do all of the ideas he really wanted to. But um, it was... Um, I, hope it, I hope it's a lot of fun. Because... We got nothing else other to do. Like Undertaker versus AJ being a buried alive match is smart. Um, like I'll have that, that's why I'm going back to the idea. Sorry to cut you off. That this is more so they want to shoot this Hollywood style. I think yeah. that's, the, that's the end game definitely because it's a lot of gimmick. It's two gimmick matches off the top of my head, and it might change to three or four. You know, what we got by the end of the pay per view. You know, what we got to get for the Fiend Cena and AJ Styles versus Undertaker match. We got to get the Crypt Keeper. Hey. Who's it? Man, at this point, from what I'm hearing, we get they got a lot of surprises in the store. Who's to say it won't happen? Or you got to do, do a swerve in that Otis versus Dolph Ziggler match, Black Mirror style, where Mandy Rose, Mandy Rose turn on both of them and start making out with, like, Titus or something. I was going to say it's on you, but... I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I know why. 
Yeah, but, you know, shouts out to them for quarantine together. I wish I was here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pops, I'm only going to take so many movies. We got to work this shit out together. <laughs> I'm trying to work this out for the white queen. Okay, okay. You know, you got to do your thing. Hey, I got a snitch, though. I'll be looking at them Charlie, uh, Charlie Caruso IG stories. Be safe, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'll be on there early in the morning. Like, oh, she's online. We haven't yeah. done this in a while, but uh, shout out to Taxstone. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Big Body Bass was talking about him earlier on It's the Real podcast. Yeah. So shout out to Big Body. Shout out to Taxstone. Um, shout out to anybody that's locked up for, you know, things that was that basically, you know, they were they they fighting a case that they didn't do. Yeah. Shouts out to them. I ain't shouting out everybody in jail, but people that's in jail right now, because from what I read, yeah, it can get bad for them, and we know how they treat people locked up. So yeah, just anybody who did who's in there for something they didn't commit, and anybody in there for a that's a nonviolent, uh, low level nonviolent offender. Like yeah. I know certain places were releasing people because they were like this could. Just, it's not worth it. But um Yeah, that many people in basically a box, yeah, that, that can get nasty very fast. Yeah. But uh let's let's get back to wrestling. Let's talk about these empty arena shows. How have you been liking them? Because okay, to be fair, WWE has turned every uh show into a, essentially a Simpsons clip show. Right, right. Like they were like, oh, yeah, we got John Cena versus the – or Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Let's just – and John Cena and Seth Rollins are also going to have WrestleMania matches. Let's show you a time when all three of them wrestled together. And I don't mind. I like that match. Or like, you know, hey, Charlotte Flair is going to face Rhea Ripley. Let's show you Charlotte Flair versus Asuka. Once again, don't mind. Thought that match was – I thought that was the best match of that mania. Yeah. Um that was a great mania by the way. 34, yeah. 34 was quietly good. Yeah, that was great. From the opening uh segment with John Cena like, "Oh, Taker still ain't trying to hit me up. Say less. I'm about to buy a seat." Yeah. And then from the referee telling him, "Oh, he here." And he ran and wanted to pull up on him. Yeah. Then when Taker got in that ring and just like it seamlessly he got buried in like 5 minutes. Yeah. And that's the last time we seen like that's the funniest thing about that match. Like, we got John Cena getting buried, what it seems to be, by Undertaker, and that's the last time Undertaker ever looked strong, which is hilarious. Yes. Yes. And that should have been a match that should have been, like, 20, 30 minutes. Absolutely. But, um, nah, I've appreciated it. I've appreciated what AEW has done, too. Essentially just making it just, like, a goofy show. Oh, that Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho segment was hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was great. Chris Jericho's been the MVP of this. He was just like, I have banned all fans from AEW until further notice. Yeah. And then, not nah, the thing that, what the thing that took me out, and this might be the funniest thing of the year from wrestling, is when Cody was coming out with Arn Anderson, Jericho was on commentary. He's like, look at Arn Anderson over there with his Waffle House menu. And, bruh, I lost it. 
<laughs> I lost because he really be coming out there like he like an offensive coordinator with the little laminated sheet. He looks like Andy Reid. Yeah, like just not in the face, but the whole like body language looking at it. It's like all right, yeah, bro. no, absolutely. But when Jericho's like, yeah, you got that Waffle House menu, I was dying. I was dying. It was like, oh. <laughs> You gonna put what the, the eggs and bacon combo? But no. Damn man, I think they closed down Waffle House. I just thought about that. That kind of just made me sad. Oh well, you know. Hopefully it opened back up, man. I'll do my Googles. Nah, uh when the markets as he's called now, didn't he say Martin Luther King had a dream? Is what he is here is dreaming yeah. in the empty crowd. Dog, and then you saw Chris Jericho face trying not to pop. Yeah. He just it was just like it was just two dudes being goofy. And I appreciate that. Like I appreciate that about wrestling. When wrestling is just like this is the best thing about these empty arena stuffs. It is allowed for a little more goofy behavior. Like when the Miz and Morrison was out there and they dressed up like everybody. And for whatever reason, when they did heavy machinery, they were just baking. <laughs> it's genius, though. It's absolutely genius. Yeah. Like, it all coordinated. Yeah, it's just all about having fun at this point. Because why not? Like, why not? Yeah, you know, Vince is probably pissed off about that. But it's like, bro, what you going to do? I mean, these guys are showing up to work. They're showing up to entertain. And just because there's no crowd to entertain doesn't mean there's people at home. And thank you. You know, now the thing we got to talk about is uh, so it's a wrap for for Cedric and Ricochet, right? I can't really talk about Cedric, but Ricochet, yeah, it's looking like it's coming to an end. Yeah, you can't talk about Cedric. I will. Yeah, go. And I'll let you. And I, I, you, my brother. So I gotta defend you about anything you say. So it don't really matter. But you know, due to political nah, reasons, I can't. Yeah, really no, nah, I feel you. Anything. It's nothing bad I'm saying about it. It's just the fact that these yeah. are two dudes who were well utilized in 205 and NXT, respectively. And this is what I always. This is what I think I text you about when it came to certain people. Is like the thing about watching WWE is like, we're not evaluating them through whether they're very good or not. We're evaluating them through Vince's point of view. And yeah. And his point of view is Ricochet is small. Fam, your biggest heavyweight or besides Brock Lesnar, your other biggest heavyweight that had the title before him is only 200 and allegedly 210 pounds. I, I, Seth Rollins don't look like he's 210, but let's say he's 210. He had uh he had Roman, he had the Fiend. He got big guys. But it's I'm, just but the ones that's like over yeah. over. Well, until the fans decided they was tired of Seth Rollins, but you yeah. know what I mean. But no, it's it's one of those things where like I remember I saw on the internet people defending Ricochet getting squashed by Brock. And I wasn't one of these people that thought it was like a racist thing. I just thought that's not good for Ricochet because Nobody benefits from being squashed by Brock. Nobody's career is taken off being squashed by Brock. Like, uh, Samoa Joe lost to him in less than 10 minutes. 
Samoa Joe didn't do much after that. Even after injuries, he won the U.S. title, and he was never allowed to have like a proper U.S. title run. Um. Uh, who else got Braun Strowman? They were putting him up against Brock, and he lost to Brock. Braun Strowman hasn't didn't even get a chance to have a good Intercontinental title run. No, that lasted like a week, and then right now people are expecting him to take over for Roman Reigns. I'm like, not here. Why? Why? I can tell you who should take over for Roman Reigns. Oh, if we want to, you want to let's let's talk about that after we talk about this because that's when I start cracking the joke. Okay. But uh, with Ricochet, but I know he had to take that long ass flight to Dubai. I said, yeah, this is this is it. And then the next night he lost so when he got the twenty four seven title. And then I was just like, I mean, that match was fire though. It was what uh, Angel Garza, Angel Garza, uh, and- Andrade. Cedric might have actually gotten like knocked a little silly, and that's unfortunate because these these guys already in the most favorable way by Vince at the moment. Not in the sense that he dislikes them; he just he doesn't like much of them at this moment. And then for something, well, we already said other than two, three people, he doesn't really care for his other work. No, but the thing I. You get at it's not so much that Vince doesn't care. It's just Vince, Vince got to see it, and if Vince don't see it and he don't get on board with it, it's tricky. But it's also tricky with Vince because if Vince gets too on board with it, things can get a little less fun. But um, one of the things that was fascinating was about the Ricochet situation was. So people was like, "Yeah, that's an honor to to have a match against Brock. They must think highly of him." And then the next, then the next time he was on TV, he lost to Riddick Moss. And then he didn't show up on TV until this past Monday, where once we heard he was with Cedric Alexander, he was like, "Oh, they jobbing out." And they had a slightly competitive match. Like I'm not gonna sit up here and say they didn't have like they were looked like squash squash, but. I mean, they both essentially got squashed to Riddick Moss, and then Riddick Moss just lost to R Truth in the suburbs. Before everything happened, well, I think actually this past week when everything happened, it was just like, think about that self distant, distant. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, uh, the best thing I could say is, I mean, they got a few of their baby face spots in. And I mean, ultimately, I knew how that was going to go just because Angel Garza and Andrade yeah. are heels. So, against two essentially in WWE jobbers right now in WWE, which is crazy to say because both of them are talented, both of them are hell of a workers. Yeah. But essentially, when you put in the back burner, you're just a jobber in WWE. I mean, I can't remember the last time I seen Kurt Hawkins. Or Bo Dallas, I, I mean, I think they on main. I think now Ricochet is like the main go-to guy on main event besides Apollo and Cedric. Yeah. Dana Brooke, right? Yeah, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke stayed eating off of that. So it's just like, 
Yeah, you just go on that show, and that's the show that comes on. That's pre-taped before Raw. So, and I keep forgetting it's on too. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch it. I, I swear, I keep forgetting it's on. Uh, yeah, no, it's. I don't know, man, but yeah, that the main thing about the Cedric Ricochet thing was just kind of disappointing because you know Heyman liked both of them and Vince torpedoed both of them for right. reasons other than Vince just didn't want to do it. But that's like, right. but this is also the thing of like, this is what I said is like, don't ever put nobody against AJ Styles because the moment someone goes against AJ Styles, Vince don't like them anymore. Yeah, I think he's like the dude with the shovel. I'm not saying he's personally doing that, but I notice every single time they go against him, it's like, look, especially when he had the U.S. title. Yes, no, the last, the last three people got buried underneath the There was the set, there was Ricochet. Ricochet was for a little bit, but didn't do anything for a long time. Then there was Cedric. Cedric's run was over. He got buried almost immediately. Uh, there was Humberto. Humberto, they were high on. Then all of a sudden, they won. Is he is he still working or he's he still working? But the thing, see, but it's, it's kind of like Angel Angel Garza is kind of taking this spot yeah. down. But the thing that happened was, so they tried to get all these guys over his faces, and Ricochet was popular enough where he could have got over his face. Humberto, I think the biggest problem people have with him. I mean, they they just and somebody said it on the podcast I listened to. They said they never heard him speak, and I kind of agree. I don't know whose fault that is on that end. Like, can he cut a promo or not? I don't know. That's not my lane to say. I've never heard him speak before. Yeah, but you can have other people like. So I was listening to Matt Hardy and Jericho thing, and one of the things they talked about is they both individually had these different ideas. Where when remember when Jericho did the highlight reel. Yeah. Initially, he told Vince he wanted to do it where he was like, look, I want to take some of your less utilized talent and cut promos with them, get them over and interacting and connecting with the audience. That way, like, um, that way, you know, I can contribute, not just, I can contribute more than just getting myself over. I can get someone else over, which makes the product better. And Jericho said, right. Vince's response was like, I love it. Your first uh, guess will be Goldberg, and he was like, "Wait, no, I'm I'm talking about people who aren't over." And Vince was like, and then he was like, "Okay, Goldberg, Scott Steiner, The Rock." He was like, "He was like, I don't have a problem talking with any of those guys. I love those talking to those guys." But right, it's people yeah. that's not. And over. Matt Hardy said the same thing. Like he wanted to have like this, you know, like little. 10 minutes, he's like, give me a 10 minute window of like the broken universe or something like that. And I'll just show guys who aren't being utilized well or who being underutilized and who could get. He's like, give me Chad Gable, give me Apollo, give me Mustafa Ali. And we'll do a 10 minute segment. We'll show little video packages. We'll get them promos. We'll show them, have them little matches and this and that. Because Matt Hardy was like, staying with WWE. The reason he didn't stay was he was like, 
I don't need to win the title. I don't need to be kept strong or anything like that. I don't need a dramatic push. I just want to be able to contribute on television in some capacity to help, if not myself get over, others get over. And I don't think, like, the way it sounds is like Vince kind of liked the idea. Paul Heyman kind of liked the idea. Triple H kind of liked the idea. But then when it came actually time to do it, Vince didn't want to do it. And that's because it's Vince's thing. When what Vince, If it doesn't fit Vince's vision, Vince ain't doing it. But um, so now that's that's what I always say about, like, be careful criticizing WWE talent, because if you don't think they're a good wrestler, OK, that's fine. But if you don't like the way they're being presented or the way they carry themselves for this and that, that's mostly not them. That's mostly Vince's vision. Yeah, Mr. Booker, it, it starts like this, first of all, like. I know what you mean completely. I'm not disagreeing with you. Uh, what people have to understand, the marks especially, like, do every worker is a good worker. I'm here to tell you, personally, from a personal standpoint, even at this small portion of the business, hey, man, this shit is hard. It's fun as hell, but it's hard. It's, it's the reason why people ask for pros versus Joes to come back. Because even in this instance, trust me. So, Every worker is a great worker. Uh, it's, it's, it's Then it starts with the booker. It's just because to even get to that level, you have to have something. In the WWE, you have to have something. So I could say I haven't heard Ricochet speak. I haven't heard his promos or whatever the case may be. But to get even to that level, you have to have something. It's all about the booker. And if the booker wants you to be there in that spotlight, they will. And people have to realize that, once again, this man has said for the past 30-some years, it's sports entertainment. He ain't in the wrestling business, he's in the sports entertainment business. So he goes by, once again, what you're saying, his vision. His vision is that I can see people being in this situation, this situation. More times than not, especially in the past 10 years, we don't like it. But then it's certain instances where you can't hold back how great a person is. And they just kind of take that spot. So the Kofi Kingston thing, going back to that, the Kofi Mania thing, it was just, it was just uh, not an accident, but it just happened. And then that's something you can't deny. And he ran with it. And he saw that you can't run with it, and it ran its course. So yeah, that wasn't in line with what he wanted to do. But hey, yeah. But. But other than that, so what are we going to do when CM Punk go against Goldberg? See, <laughs> it's not going to be, it's not going to be him, but it's not going to be Braun Strowman. That's the only name people could come up with. They was like, hey, hey man, Braun Strowman, that if ain't Mojo got you drunk, you got to put Mojo in that. I think, it's nah, gonna I don't think it's going to be Gronk. Because I don't know, I don't know who could give okay, who let's... CTE faster. Uh, it's gonna be Gronk. He gonna get it. He already said he had what eight concussions in the in the weed yeah. has helped him. I, whoever go against Goldberg, whoever has to work with Goldberg, God bless their soul because we we heard what Brett said and we've been here for years how stiff that dude works. So I don't think Gronk could do it just because it's like damn, bro. I came from the NFL not to deal with this. And 
Goldberg might have those flashbacks of him trying to get in the football and make it, and he might end up really he hitting Gronk. He seriously could. So, I mean, came Vasquez his knee straight. Hey, uh, Triple H doing anything? Bruh, Triple H, 50 years old. That man don't be needed to get in the ring, especially with somebody like that. Unless somebody going to take care of him in the ring. Bruh. Hey, let's just make that match with Edge and Randy Orton a triple threat and put the belt on Edge. You know what I've been thinking about with that? What's going to happen after this match? Is he like a full-time worker he gonna now? He's going to show up every now and then. Okay, I'll figure it. I'm like, I know he's not no. coming back just for one match. You might see him again. You might see him again at but the now, Saudi shows. You might see him again at uh, SummerSlam. All yeah. the big money shows got it. I saw somebody say, "Why not make the Bray Wyatt Cena match a triple threat match, or make it Drew Goo- Drew Goulet. make it Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg for a winner takes all match." Uh, they're trying to get Drew over. They're not trying to make him a god. Well, we're going to have our prediction show next week. Yeah, before like, Mania, but I don't think he's going Drew? over. Though. I can say that right now. Yeah, I don't think he's so going over. Just, had there been a, smell, an actual audience, I think he would have went over. I think they're saving that for when the audience yeah. comes back. So all that means is Lesnar is going to have a damn near one-year run with the title. Again. And yeah, I was about to say, it won't be yeah. the first time. It's uh, won't be the last. Since we're talking about, we were also, we spent, you mentioned Bret Hart earlier. And I just want to talk about old heads talking. Yo, Jake the Snake has been. Nah. Brett, Brett, Jake the Snake dirt. has been talking real spicy, and I kind of like it. Okay, so shout out to him for being on the Queen Slip. I, I watched the full video, so that was one portion of it. Like, if you see the whole thing, that shit was dark. Like, I know about his past, but damn, I ain't know to that extent. But so that's been the talk in the wrestling community for us. About the whole Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels yeah. being the it factor. And we've heard for years about people saying, like, yeah, Bret Hart is great, but he's boring. The Shawn Michaels thing, when he said that, I was like, I mean, he know better than me, but I was like, I kind of understand what he what means by that. Because Shawn was, he was going by the stature of what the business was back then, which is 100% true. Like, you got to be 6'5 or 620, I mean, 270 or over to be the heavyweight champ. I understand that. Now, Shawn Michaels is considered a heavyweight in this day and age, and he would be way over. If he was he was over then. Shit, yeah. If he was in this era, that man might yeah. be a 10-time champ. Absolutely. But with, with, with the snag man, what he was talking about, I understand what he mean. And then he started naming people. Queens asked him, who do you think should have been champ? When he said the Hollywood Blonde, Jabroni, yeah. Hulk Hogan, of course. That, that was like the Dr. J for the business, so to speak. Uh, Stone Cold, of course. Then when he got to The Rock, he went into details as to why The Rock had the it factor. And, I mean, it shows now. Like, The Rock is yeah. still, what, the highest grossing actor? Yeah. You know what's funny? Right you know the only person that didn't think The Rock had the it factor? 
Shawn Michaels. Triple H. Well, so, okay, if we're going by wrestling history, what I heard years ago, and it's not confirmed, it's just all rumor, the reason why The Rock still to this day has heat with Shawn Michaels is because of something he said to his grandmother after his grandfather passed away. Because remember, she was a booker. I forgot for which promotion when his grandfather was wrestling. Like she took over the she took over the company, if I'm not mistaken. Or she was a booker, some along the lines of that, when High Chief passed away. And I think that's why they still have heat to this day. And then I mean, like if Shawn Michaels was still coked out. Let's keep it a buck. If we shooting, we shooting. He's still coked out. He was he was burying people. When they said Cena was burying people, they talk about one person when they come to yeah. burying, but it's cute. But with Shawn Michaels, he, he buried, was burying people. He buried Vader. Shit. He was doing wild shit. And yeah, you're talking about he's going to get fired and all that. Like, why the fuck are you doing that? But he was, once again, he was a cokehead. He was wallet. He was on that bullshit. And he was burying people. And when the snake man starts talking about him and Bret Hart, the reason why they was really beefing, I'm very inclined to believe yeah. that. About Sonny, I believe that because we know she was getting around. Not to talk about that woman, but most wars start because of a woman. Was well, that? History. And it's just the idea that like this was the more egotistical time in wrestling, and the way more like uh, prove yourself in a macho way type of wrestling. So you know, yeah. you sleeping with a like they all had wives. They was all messing around on their wives. And it's like, yo, you okay? It's one thing to, to fool around, but you're going two time me with one of my coworkers? Nah, nah. But why them? Because they said, I mean, the snake man said it, and it's been said throughout history. Shit, hell, she even said it on a shoot interview. She was messing around with the workers, but everybody like, why those two? They Maybe were the top they were guys, just, like, putting it on the pedestal. They were. But they were the, no, I get what you mean. But they were the only ones putting it on the pedestal heavy because everybody no, had they it weren't and they the know ones. everybody. Was Unfortunately, rest but in yeah. peace, Mister Candido. But he that was yeah. his uh, wife at one point, right? Yeah, he was. She got a new husband now, but yeah, Candido wifed her. But she was getting around. Like she even said she was getting around. But yet y'all was beefing with each other. Like, why y'all too? Well, so I got to put a lot of that on Sean. If you want to keep it real. No, please do. Because I don't fuck with Sean Michaels like that. Great performer in the ring, but I don't really fuck Look, with Sean Michaels like that. I don't believe none of that born and grand. Well, I can't speak to that. I just speak to that time. It's like, he admits to rubbing a lot of people the wrong way. The, the other thing, one of the reasons The Rock said he would never work with him it's because supposedly Shawn Michaels said something to him. Like, I don't know if Shawn Michaels felt threatened by him or Shawn Michaels just said, like, he said something about The Rock personally. Like, I don't know. I don't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It relates yeah. to him personally and it relates to his grandma. And when The Rock so got over and Shawn Michaels came back, they asked The Rock, like, did you want to work with him? And The Rock was like, nah, I got no reason to. Like, because you know he'll body him in the match. That's why. I mean, it'll be a great match, but we already know he's gonna get his bullshit in. So, what a lot of the older top guys would do, 
Well, you can do that anyway. You can call it on the fly. But when you have a big match, yeah. you want to kind of go over your spots and go over what you're going to do. So what he probably would have did is like he did with the, the Hulk Hogan match. He wanted to basically, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm making, I'm putting Hogan over to make him look like the hero in this instance. But this is, this is related to my point. That whole match, Hogan wants to go over the spots just because, you know, you got Hogan who is six foot six, six foot eight at the time. Now he's like six four because of all his back surgeries, 270 or so. You got to go over the spots when you're going over with somebody that small. You can't just – you can call on the fly, but you want to make sure, especially on a pay-per-view, that you call the spots. And so, Sean didn't want to do it. And we've seen that's why he was just, like, overselling every single thing, which is a hilarious match. But it was an ego thing even for that. The whole build-up was an ego yeah. thing from what I heard. I mean, it was it was supposed to be a best of three. Uh, I think Shawn Michaels was supposed to go over first. And then Hogan wanted to go over first. But he also apparently backed out of doing the best of three. Because, you know, it's two egomaniacs. Like, Sean was supposed to go over first, apparently. Then Hogan was supposed to win the next two or something like that. And it was supposed to, like, finish at WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble or something like that. But... The thing that happened with that is, you know, Sean got in his feelings and he wanted to oversell. He's overselling and just uh, uh, and making Hogan look ridiculous. And he torpedoed the match just for the sake of ego. And the thing is, I can't defend Hogan on this either because Hogan changed the plan. Yeah. Which he's done before. It's since he was the guy in shit. When did he first get the title from Iron Sheik? That was like nineteen eighty five, eighty six. Damn. Yeah, in the mid eighties. But he's had when he and that's what the Snake Man was talking about too. Like he fought everybody. Like and it's it's true. Like he had he had matches with everybody, and that's what made you a champ. He had matches with everybody. He wasn't picking people to have matches with. And it goes back to Bret Hart and especially Shawn Michaels. It was kind of like they were picking who to have matches with. Yeah. I know Bret Bret liked the younger guys. Like, Bret worked with uh, One, Two, Three Kid and really liked him and thought he was really good. Bret worked with The Rock very early on and liked The Rock. He thought he was really good. Like, Bret was a little more open to working with the new guys and, like, seeing what they got and, like, helping them out. Whereas Sean was just like, yeah, if you don't fit into the team, there's no use for you. Like, that's one of the reasons uh, Vader got ran out is because they wanted to put Vader over. Like, Vader was getting, yeah, Vader was getting over with the crowd. He was yeah. on the and they knew him from WCW television. WWE. Yeah, like, he was a monster in WCW. He was this terrifying thing in WCW. Like as he in that in, in that era too to have a big man that moved like that, him and yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow. And that was, was the thing about like that. that was the thing about Vader 
that like it's kind of crazy. If you only watch Vader's WWE run, you think he's just okay. But if you if you go back on the network and you watch some of his stuff in WCW, or you go you get the New Japan app and you watch some of his old stuff in New Japan, you're like, yo, this dude was incredible. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. he got a lot of heat though too as well. Uh, Stevie Ray, and I mean, I don't know if it was just like he was just like. He worked stiff. That's why uh, Shawn Michaels didn't like him as well. Because God forbid you hit. Well, you remember Shawn Michaels hard enough. Remember what uh, Mark Henry so, said? He tried to threaten Mark Henry. Mark Henry laughed at him like, "Man, I'll kill you." That's what I'm saying. Like, come on, bro. Like you. That's how I know he was off the ships. Like. Uh, of all people, Mark. First of all, Mark Henry was wild. He had a temper back then. He yeah. tried to. Brash, my favorite part about Henry. that is Bradshaw's like, "What are you crazy?" And he's like, "I am." <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I gotta right. listen to that shoot. I gotta listen. I may not shoot, but I gotta listen to that interview again right. just because of my job. That shit was funny. It wasn't when funny. When Rikishi was like, Rikishi was just like, coming look, back." I ain't saying it was him. I'm just saying it wasn't me. Yeah. That's perfect. Not snitching. Like, uh, but now that story about when Ahmed, when Farouk came back to, to take out Ahmed Johnson, you know, what's wild. Ahmed Johnson is the least liked black wrestler. I think in the history of wrestling. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the thing is they were trying Vince was trying to put him over. He did everything he did to put him over, yeah. but he buried himself just yeah. based he on him. ego. So that's all it was. But you don't hit, of all people, you don't hit. Even if you don't respect him, even if you don't respect him, you think you're a tough guy, which is a lot compared to Farouk. Like, man, you take care well, of Well, not just that. It's also just Ron man. Simmons, a.k.a. Farouk. He was the first black world champion. So this is yep. like one of the gods of wrestling when it comes to black wrestling. Like it's him, The Rock, and a few other people. But yeah, yeah, Kofi and the New Day as a as an entity. But like, just like beacons of people. Like, funny enough, Ron Simmons lost the title to Vader. If we're keeping it all the way. Um, connected, but, but he did. Hey, no, we I forgot, even though he probably won't ever get the respect, or I won't say respect, even though he mm-hmm. probably won't get put on that mantle, so to speak. We say it, I think, damn near every week when we get a chance to record. Yes, hey man, our yes. truth, our truth, enough. Um, like, I got the match right now with Monty Brown and who I want to talk about later. Monty Brown and uh, R-Truth when R-Truth was the first, not even just, like, black NWA yeah. champion, the first minority. Yeah, it's NWA big. Champion. It's him. Uh, for else for this era, we got we can't not mention uh, Jay Lethal. Ma'am. Jay Lethal, uh, Naomi, Saka. is starting to come into that place for women. Like she, she picking up where Jacqueline like, left off. If we keep it in one hundred, we got to put Jay Lethal over Kofi for this era. 
I mean, Kofi won it at WrestleMania, and that's hard. Uh, that's hard to like put at number two. But I mean, Jay Lethal did the comedy, and he did the serious working, and he's he's Mister Ring of Honor. Think about all the people that came through Ring of Honor, and the name most synonymous with Ring of Honor is Jay Lethal. I think, yeah, absolutely, and I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that, too. Jay Leto is basically, like, he's an underground legend. Like, how Christopher Daniels is now, and I was thinking about his career, Jay Leto is definitely an underground legend. Like, most of those TNA guys yeah. that didn't go to WWE yeah. are underground no, legends. But Jay Leto definitely, like, Jay, Jay Leto, if he doesn't ever go to WWE, which at this point doesn't seem like it, it's going to happen, that definitely be the what if factor, or he can go later on like Stan yeah. did. But and you know, depending on what he do in NWA, we gotta see what's gonna happen with the Pope. Yeah, the Pope too, man. The Pope, like I, I call him. He might be the Jamal Crawford of this shit, man. Yeah. Like when you need somebody to get you some buckets, yeah. Show up, like we always call him the on-call legend. Like, yeah. Damn, I ain't got no hours. Yeah. Week. The Pope got to be like patient or making the way that man will be working. It's just he stay with a job. Yeah, that's how you know he like because yeah. he'll do commentary, then he'll work in the ring, and he does both. But um, and he be doing charity down there in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he from he from Jacksonville, if I'm not mistaken. I know he used to box. He was an amateur boxer and he got a wrestling uh, yeah. guy. I think it's but nah, it's some. Um, I don't think it's some other things that happen in wrestling this week. I mean, other than the Matt Hardy debut, other than the Brody Lee debut. Um, uh, I'll just say, and if you don't want to get into it, I don't really want to talk about it. I haven't watched I'll it watch yet. It me and the wife didn't mean to watch it. But, uh, okay. Watch it during the day. It's heavy. That's all, that's all I'll say. It's just, you know, just, just God bless his son, man. You know, that's all I can say just because it's just like how the business is treating him. Well, he, he's basically the, essentially black. The reason he is blacklisted is because he wants There's to no build himself to him. as Chris Benoit Jr. and honor his father. And it's just like, Nah, man, you can't, you can't do that. Yeah, and the thing is, if he would have chose to like do a different name, that man yeah, was but, exactly like his pop. So it's kind of like, but that that this, part this can is, be forgiven. This, but this the idea, like, you want to put his face on your tights and on, like, you can't do that. Not knowing, like, I know everything. Like, I haven't seen the documentary, but you know. We know, we know. Uh, at this point, wrestling companies have failed to protect a lot of their older workers back in the day. They did not keep them safe. They did not do take any measures to get them off of drugs or keep them off of drugs. They did not take any measures to keep them from alcoholism. They did not take any measures to protect the women from the sexual harassment or any other uh, abuses or that they may have faced. Having said all of that. None of them did what Chris Benoit did. Well, no, absolutely not. I mean, it's it's a bit some dark shit in wrestling from the Bruiser Bruiser Brody getting killed, and uh, Vice has a documentary about that. They got a one about May Young. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The fabulous Moolah. They got it. Yeah, that's decades. <laughs> they want something dark. That's a season there you long. Go right there. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's OJ made in America level. Put that on Netflix. Stuff. Yeah, so it's coming though. Trust me, it's coming because now, uh, since there you go, since the OJ made in America ESPN doc, everybody yeah, like, you know what? Let's get these. Murder yeah, like because the first season of uh, I get of it was like talk. I know they talked. I think to like Mia Yim about uh being abused, being abused by her boyfriend and stuff like that. But they also just talked about like how hard it is on the body and how how stressful like the working is this one they're talking about. i think they're getting more into like individual people because like you said the next person they're doing is new jack yeah oh yeah that's gonna that be up. like i'm gonna be watching that live remember those uh hood box office and like uh the kimbo slice joints or like the the, the beef kimbo dvds yeah or like ghetto fights or, or something like that. <laughs> I think that's why we like prevent to our minds that we could watch. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. I couldn't watch all of it, but I, I watched some of it. And it was always just wild. Like, like everyone's watching bum fights. And then my dad, I remember, had like this one. It was just like these dudes that would just go around fighting people. These black dudes that would just go around picking fights with people. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the Kimbo Slice came from. Yeah. He was off one of them the backyard fighting joints, like full old contact. No and blood, just like, bro, you, you might you break CT, your hand. There you go. Rest in peace to Kimbo Slice as well. But, um, yeah. I think he did break his hand a couple of times. Yeah, 2006 yeah. was a wild year when the internet was early, getting off the ground. Like, not getting off the, the early ground, YouTube you know, days. Like, social media is about to become a thing. Um, but, Going back to what New Jay said, if he was in one of those, he said, you yeah. might be my ass, but I'm going to kill yeah. you. No, he said if he lost the fight, he definitely had – someone you. next to him had a gun ready. Yeah, he might. He had it. Allegedly. They're going to talk about his upbringing from, you know, him. Uh, I think he got incarcerated, if I'm not mistaken, several times as being yeah. a youth when he was robbing stores and – all the way because I don't remember Wasn't how it? he got into wrestling. I know, and like, I know the other people I'm about to mention aren't as wild, but there were other people too that were like facing jail time. Wasn't it like uh, Booker T and Stevie facing jail time? And I know, I know MVP did jail time. The thing with Stevie, yeah, he's the main old, yeah, MVP did nine years. He did nine years for, yeah, he did for robbery when he. Was in Miami, where he's from. Uh, New Jack, I don't know how long he did. If I'm not mistaken, Booker did eight to nine months when he was a teenager. Now, Stevie, I don't know if Stevie did time, but the thing is with Stevie, the way he is, is because I got to raise three or four That's true. of my siblings because both my parents died. That's, that's the, if he didn't get locked up, and I don't think he did. It was because I had to raise four siblings, and I'm a kid myself. That's not an excuse, but the man doesn't have a record well, from what I've and, heard or anything like that. He and there's, yeah, I'm not but saying that you just, want to test Booker T because you really don't, but you want to test Stevie Ray even less. 
Yeah, I think with Booker, it's a little bit more lenient. He'll he'll give you a pass. But how Booker, how yeah, Stevie no. talking? Stevie, nah, it, it, Stevie ready to, pulling up. Stevie ready to throw it all that, away that over his family. Fuck Mike, awesome. No, that's what you're supposed to do, though. And that's his youngest brother, if I'm not mistaken, too. So it just goes back to that. He, it's it's, yeah. it's my brother, and I've got to be a father figure. Yeah. Like, when you throw but I'm glad they put Harlem Heat in there because Booker T was great by himself, but uh, Stevie Ray is an underrated worker. Yeah. They 10-time tag champs. They had to do that. Yeah, I mean, they, they were with WCW. They had to work in Japan. Bro, that shit yeah. is still hilarious. And Mike Awesome is in my top ten. Even though if he did that, intentionally try to hurt Booker T, you get heat with me. But still, for him to say, "R.I.P. Mike Awesome," fuck Mike Awesome. He tried to hurt my brother. Is that? But nobody shoots. Is, nobody shoots is funnier than Too Cold. Yeah. We talk about yeah, I'm probably gonna watch those right yeah. now too when we get off the phone. Yeah. If you yeah. hit me with you hit me but, with one punch, I'm gonna nah. come back with two. Yeah. We gotta yeah. have a doc on him. It's gonna be fun. That's why. Like I don't mind seeing the doc about two code because damn Oh yeah, I mean supposedly time. that's still yeah, allowed to happen. And that might still happen because the no, because this I think okay, Cultaholic was up. the one. Shout out to Cultaholic. They were the ones reporting it that that still might happen because I think it was the Marriott that essentially said, if you pull out, you owe us a hundred and something thousand dollars. Yeah. No, nah, it was whoever was putting on the uh the WrestleCon, like where all everybody was at and they were gonna do interviews and all that. Yeah, the Booker. That's what I'm saying. The Booker ain't got it. And then I don't think Too Cold is trying to lose that paper because even if it's like let's say 20 grand he get for that show, it might be a little bit less than that just because workers don't get paid a lot, no matter how big your stature is, unless you under a WWE contract. That's why a lot of workers don't mind. Yeah, man. That's why Zack Ryder never left. He got a good life. Make six figures a year. Nah, that's Heath Slater. Not Zack Ryder, but uh, Kirk, I got kids to be. I got kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I always get them too confused. But he's like, I got kids. Yep. Nah, for real. He's going to end up being a producer. He's going to take that road dog spot. Hey, man, listen. Speaking of producers, we got a lot of kids. Devon. Now, I know why Devon a producer. Devon ain't going to never. He ain't going to never be able to start working, man. I, I I say that. And I'll tell you off the air why. Man got a full army. Well, I mean, you see how and big he is. Small leader. All them kids big. Yeah, yeah. No, I. But nah. you know, we'll, we'll talk off um, air. Yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. Who? Where is all doing the? I don't even know, right? but I, if I he is, I hope he's just sitting down somewhere. Well, yeah. he need all that because his blood. I remember, I think it was Dusty Rhodes said that point. Abdullah the Butcher bladed himself so much that, like, he used to come over and see, like, his kids 
and Abdullah could put a nickel in between one of the dents on his forehead and hold it. Yeah, them all that blading, dude. That's that's forever. Like, so you know, Honky Tonk Man is another great shooter, and he was talking about him. The motherfucker don't even know how to wrestle. I don't no, think he learned how to wrestle. He nobody went to Abdullah to watch him wrestle. That's why he made his biggest money. Yeah, nobody really was sending him trying to so see him do a chin lock. Death matches. But, um, nah. Oh, we didn't go back. Did we make our prediction who going to face Goldberg? I mean, they're going to find out in the next couple of hours. They're okay. going to push Strowman, I, you know but who, go ahead. We should do it. I got it. David Arquette will be fine. Right, I could pass on that match. Uh, David Arquette. Or, or this is the twenty. Since you had uh, this is how you can do it. Or twenty-one year. You can have. If you want to use Braun, this is how you do it. So you know who you have as a uh, Goldberg's opponent. The man who just badmouthed him on the Stone Cold podcast, Bret Hart. You let Bret Hart come down, they're gonna be like, Bret Hart might have a stroke doing this. He can't do this. And then you just let Braun come out of nowhere, a couple power slams, let Bret Hart pin him, your new universal champion, Bret the Hitman Hart. Oh, so it'd be like that one WrestleMania that Bret Hart was in with Yokozuna went over, and then like that's, this is what before the money. That's one of the reasons Bret Hart don't like Hogan, and then the other strapped. thing I think people ignored. Bret Hart likes everybody except for those like? people. Okay, really. Like, he likes Austin. I had to cut you off. Who does Bret Hart? Like, the other thing you got to remember why Bret Hart doesn't like Hogan is Bret Hart's wife is black. And remember Hogan's things he said about black people, and his big apology was, yeah, don't get caught. His apology was so bad that all the black people in WWE <laughs> – was just like, yeah, I don't rock with you on this. Big E. Yeah, especially Big E, Kofi, all them. I respect you, but um, but it, it got so bad that even like the Usos and Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins and Fem, everybody that be on Up Up Down Down was rocking with the New Day over Hogan. Yeah. Well, we already know why the Usos. Yeah. I, the Usos and I know the Usos, they have a history with Hogan because, you know, they dad and they uncles. But, um, yeah, man, they, you know, people's rock. Even, I think even Finn Balor was like, yeah, I rock with the New Day on this one. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, West Side Gun going to pull up on me. <laughs> Smoke Vizzo going to pull up on me. So me. But, Damn, hopefully we get another uh, smoke. Hey, man, this ain't going to be no Wale Mania. He usually give us, like, mixtape of samples. I'm like, interesting. Yeah, I was actually going to pull up to that. Believe it or not. I was actually going to pull up to that. Yeah. There was a lot of... Uh... I know. Never mind, I ain't going to be in no nasty. Yeah, I... A lot of women that's in the, that like the business, you know. I, I was going to shoot no, my I... Brother, I was going to shoot know. my shot. I still got a chance, but you know what I'm talking about. I got to... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
You ever see the DMX yeah. shoot promo? Yeah, well, every every interview you're gonna DMX be some off promo, but the one he's talking about Ja Rule. <laughs> he got another. He got another. One. Yeah. Not the Duchy. It's so it's the one with Smack DVD. Remember the Smack DVDs when the rappers like used to do rapper things, but this one I could say he was okay. He was high. I could tell just because his eyes okay. were looking off. at the camera like. First off, I'm gonna let you continue, but when you, if you have to mention DMX high, nobody needs to know that. We already just assumed that. We we already no, but he was off. He was off the the rocket on this one because he did 20 push-ups and then proceeded to cut an interview and said, and I quote, "You know, I left the business. Don't fuck with cat niggas." I said, "What's a cat nigga in my head?" What DMX I mean, interview? Everything is DMX do is DMX is the Ric Flair of hip hop. Like this is real to him. Like everything is a shoot. It's never not. A shoot. It's never not a shoot. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. Damn, you right. Like we've been listening to X is what ninety seven, ninety eight. Yeah, everything is a, it's a shoot. I'm just, man, imagine X had, if he knew how to work technology, and he was cutting oh, promos like little Boosie. I'm surprised Boosie haven't gotten taken down, down but Gibbs day. did. But. So they, they warned Boosie about it. They said. Yeah, yeah on live, I'll give you $1,000. If you ask any woman to put the. Yeah, you do it one more time. That's it. I'm very surprised he lasted this long because that cucumber. Yeah, I don't know what that is, and I don't I thought, think I need I to like, know. Oh, okay, this is but it. I think yeah. I know at the same time. No, you don't. It petrified me what they was doing at his party. Those women, those women should be ashamed of themselves. And I'm, Lucy I'm should be ashamed of his damn self. That does nothing for wanting for to me. see that. But dude, if I... yes, he, yeah. He's from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I, they That's are shit. They are shit. I have yet to meet the same person from Baton Rouge. Uh, They're all I think crazy. That's good. Before we get out of here, let's give them some uh, everybody quarantine. So let's give them some matches to watch. I got some. So just for okay, pure fun, watch uh, the 98 Royal Rumble. No, no, the 99 Royal Rumble. The 99 Royal Rumble. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, because I'm like, I thought you meant the 99. Yeah, I'm like, the 99 one was just the 99 all the way one was through. Just hilarious for many reasons. Michael Cole, like, yeah. being on commentary on uh, the first one, because that's when nobody liked Michael Cole. And how he called that I quit match and to finish the I quit match. I mean, obviously, you had to go that route because yeah. he won't um, quit. I'm trying to think what hilarious. else is a good match to watch. Yeah, clearly, Roy coming out like old up, swole as hell with the, uh, the, the, with the Stooges, with the <laughs> one half of the Briscoe Brother Great Tag Team. And the Pat Patterson. Uh, that shit was hilarious. Oh, let's do uh, just for fun. 
Rey Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero, Halloween Havoc 97. Yeah. Oh, that oh no. Fun. That's a I mean, that's that's quality fun. Like, like a good Gilbert match, but still a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. and for a recent one for just fun, go watch Orange Cassidy versus Pac at AEW Revolution. That was like that was hilarious. And uh go watch uh one of Matt Hardy's deletion wrestling matches. Yeah. I hate those, but they're still hilarious, and that's the whole point. Especially the one with yeah. uh the, the first great deletion at TNA. I forgot what Rosemary and then what I was forgot. Name I seriously forgot. When they took Matt King Maxwell. I yeah. should know better because, you know, I'm the TNA guy. But um, honestly, I feel like I got to give you a, I feel like it was a, a New Japan match, too. Order, um, So, let me see what's oh. a good. Oh. Let's just do Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the IC title at Wrestle Kingdom 11, was it? Yeah. That was the last match they both had in New Japan, so. Yeah, classic. Yeah, and that's right, like, that's when, he did that uh, at, on, like, January 1st or 2nd, and then, like, two weeks later, he shows up in the Royal Rumble. It was fire. Yep. Yeah, that pop is still insane because that caught everybody off. You know who leaked that? John Cena on Instagram. He just put Oh, uh, I didn't follow AJ John Styles, Cena, like, so I didn't know. Royal Rumble and it kind of gave it away. Now, I don't follow him either yeah. because him and CM Punk's IG is weird. It's like they just post pictures with no caption and it'd be like weird ass pictures, especially John Cena's. Yeah, no, that's like, kind of the point, but it. sometimes it's it just like gets a little uh... abstract art, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so there's no point to follow that. Okay. All right. I'll go. So let's start with a promotion, shall we? <laughs> that's that's how much wrestling I've been watching. So if you start with New Japan, obviously it's hard to say the name, but you know, that man we spoke about earlier uh, versus Lionheart, aka Jericho at New Japan or IW. I think it was IWA. No, no, no. That oh, Vader. So his alias was Wild Pegasus oh, when he was in Japan versus Lionheart, Chris Jericho. No, Benoit. Yeah, in December. I think this was 95. So, uh, and then Black Tiger, a.k.a. Chris Jericho versus the Pegasus Kid, Chris Jericho. Both of these are Japan matches. Now let's go to ROH. Oh, Kevin a.k.a. Kevin Owens. Versus L. Jacarico, aka Sami Zayn. Yeah, aka Sami Zayn. Motor City Machine Guns. Versus, uh, one it's... of the greatest tag teams of all time. God, they were Motor really City good. Machine Guns. Hey, okay. Sidebar before we get through this. Just yes or no question. Never had a title. Chris Saban better than AJ Styles, yes or no? Okay, okay. If you can't answer, Depends we'll, we'll leave that. For- now you see. Now you about to have me get my bag, brother. Thank you for asking a question like that. No, I can answer. 
I can give you a straight answer, but you know how I am. So we'll leave that for like, uh, the next podcast. We can go. John that'll Madden, be the first Madden thing we talk about. Saban versus AJ Styles. Absolutely. Because I might mark out more and go with Chris Saban just because he in my top 10. But we can save that. Because that's a, that's a yeah, – thank you for saying that. Cause that's I got to watch more TNA. That gives me more matches to watch from there. Even though I watch damn there. Yeah, hook me up. TNA Please come on, man. You you want the password? Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. I think my account's still straight. If not, I'll get it back. But, but uh, okay, so another uh, you got one ROH match. You got another one, or you want to move to another promotion? Uh, just a compilation of uh Samoa Joe, another ROH legend, and his matches. Not sure. When I think one of his matches, including this, is against Austin Aries, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, WCW. Actually, one more ROH. Okay. So, uh, Juzin Liger versus Daniel Dian, Danielson. Yeah. When he looked like uh, American looked like a true skinhead. Being Brian, Brian, Brian Danielson. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I don't know why I, he wasn't going home, but you know he did it. Uh, WCW, I got Justin Liger, who was supposed to go in the Hall of Fame. Very good one. Going against Rey Mysterio at WCW Starcade 1996. Uh, let's go back to what you talked about with Orange Cassidy. Okay. Evolve 123, him versus Velveteen Dream. All right. Uh, another Evolve match with Velveteen Dream versus Darby Allen. TNA Lockdown. 2009, which featured the main event Mafia versus the New Breeds as the main event. TNA Lockdown 2005. Uh, one of the prominent matches for me was one of my favorites Absolutely. ever. Elix Skipper versus Christopher Daniels, who were former tag team champions being in Triple X. Uh, Monty Brown. Some more yeah. matches. I've been watching a lot of Monty Brown, who was another one of my favorites. Man, Monty, I, I wish he would have kept going, but I know as to why it, it was because he had a family to take care of. So if anybody wants to look up why he had to retire, it, it, it's for a legit reason. Now I think he just works in Michigan and he just uh, works as a personal trainer. But, you know, if that right. had happened, he would have been he would have been phenomenal at WWE. But, you know, life life just happens. And he had to do what he had to do for his family. But that's about yeah, that's about it. So a lot of Monty Brown matches, him versus Jeff Hardy at TNA Genesis 2005. Okay. No uh, WWE matches. True killings for the NWA title. Yeah, the only one was at New Year's Resolution or Revolution 2006. Rated RKO versus DX for the tag titles. That's uh, the match where Triple H blew right. his other quad, right. if I'm not mistaken. That's about it. Other than that, just a lot of shoot interviews. Stevie Ray and Vince Russo shooting the shit, which is hilarious. And yeah, yeah. that's it. I'm about no, to uh, another bonus one just for pure fun uh, to watch is I forget the promotion, but it was Orange Cassidy versus Stokely Hathaway. Was it Evolve or was that Progress? I think that was around Evolve. Let me check it out. 
Let me see. I'll look it up right now. Yeah. Shouts out to Stokely, too. That was the Grammy Street Fight. I think it was Beyond. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. I ain't got no kayfabe champion. I mean, until further notice, it's the president. I've never seen anybody in history in this modern era. You talk about somebody burying themselves. You talking about somebody that can't get over. Dude, like that man, he, he can't win. I thought he was going to be able to repeat this year. That shit ain't going to I don't even know. I think they just need to take a timeout. Like Cat Williams said in his stand up, they just need to take a time nah. off the presidents this year. Nah. He, uh, yeah, he changed he his mind every week. repeat this year. They about to. No. Shit, every no. day. He's, He's like, terrible. Damn, at I got to talk again? He cannot cut a promo. Yeah, man. Anyways. We'll see y'all next week. Y'all stay safe, stay quarantined, watch some wrestling, listen to some rap, or some electronic music. Nah. Yeah. Uh, I don't have really anything else to say, except for I hope the world yeah. doesn't explode. I think most of the people will be very disappointed if uh, they're dead by then. I'm going to be able to play that. Yeah. I can go without Resident Evil 3 remake. I feel you. Know, I want it, but, you know, I would really like it. Like, it took 15 years for this shit to happen. Otherwise, yeah. Matt, we'll be back next week. All right, uh, then. As of now, Until next week. Deployed, so what the fuck else I'm going to do?